Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, men, welcome to today's episode of Strong Men, Strong Marriages, Getting to Know Jesus. So we've got Christmas coming up uh, this weekend, and um, I like to do this around Christmas time, just do one that's just about uh, Jesus, who's someone very important to me. Um, if you're not a Christian person, uh, you know, you, this may not be the episode for you. Or if you want to just, you know, get some more insight into what Christian people believe, um, you're welcome to hear it. I think you'll pick up some things too that'll just connect as far as uh, whether you're religious or not, just kind of this desire to achieve and where that comes from and how that can be a little bit of an issue and that kind of thing. Uh, my name is Mike Frazier, MD, and I help high achieving men have more intimate marriages. So uh, as if you've been listening to this for a while, you know that I grew up in uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the LDS Church, recently taken a step away from that church. Um, but, um, you know, that that's what I grew up in. And what I tried to do most of the time as part of that, I think this is common for a lot of uh, Christian people, is that, you know, Jesus was someone to aspire to be like. You know, he's kind of this this role model, this uh, superhero kind of person. And your job was to try to act like he would act. You know, what would Jesus do, right? How would he behave in this situation? And try to, like, here was the model and you were trying to kind of follow that model, right? And work really hard to try to follow that model, like constantly be on, on guard, right? And, and try to do that and do what's right and follow Jesus. And not that there's something wrong with that, of holding someone ahead of you as a, a model to follow, but you know, you also knew you would fail, right? <laughs> you knew that you weren't going to quite measure up to that. Um, so, you know, you know, you'd fail, but then you'd be grateful. Hey, well, look, Jesus, he died for me. He paid for my sins. And so I can feel comfortable with that. You know, if I'm trying hard, you know, then Jesus should cover kind of the rest of that. So, you know, I kind of think that way, you know, do what was right, then not, and then kind of go back to trying to do what's right, avoid what's doing wrong to basically earn my salvation, right? Kind of a workspace. I talked with a, a friend of mine the other day, I'm going to have lunch with him this week too. It's about this idea of a works-based religion or works-based salvation that I have to do certain things so I can be saved. Meaning, you know, live with God again, um, enjoy uh, eternal life, right? That kind of thing. So there is a an issue with this kind of thinking, and this is how I experienced it anyway, is, you know, you try to be your best to be like Jesus. Again, you know, it's not going to be enough. Okay. And so you just kind of hope, okay, like hopefully I've done enough. And now Jesus, his atonement is now going to cover the rest of what I do. But the the problem is like, at least for me, is that you're never quite sure. Like, did I do enough or not? Right? Like, did I really do my best? I think that's one of the hardest ones that, um, that I had to deal with all the time. Well, did I do my best? Well, no, because I, you know, if I would have done my best, I wouldn't have messed up in this way. Or, 
you know, if Jesus was perfect, he, he wants us to be perfect. So if I'm not, then maybe I'm not really doing my best. So it just kind of put me in this state of uncertainty a lot, you know, where, you know, am I doing enough? Did I like, was I good enough to where Jesus's atonement will cover me or not? Right. Or I guess I messed up after repent. I got to change. I got to change. I got to change. And hopefully Jesus will cover what I'm doing, but you know, maybe he won't, who knows. Right. So, you know, I'd kind of shift back and forth to trying hard to be like Jesus and then being frustrated that I wasn't and have this chronic, like not good enough feeling. Now, I think that's maybe common to a lot of people, not necessarily just because of religion, but I think this contributed to it in a way that it was kind of like, there's this standard you need to meet and you're not there, right? You got to keep going. You got to keep getting a little bit better. High achieving guys, we have this kind of in us, right? That we always want that next level. We think that next level, finally, we're going to be good enough. And that can come across in money or whatever, but it can also come across in, in religion or in, you know, trying to be quote unquote good or good enough and kind of knowing that you're not right. Especially if you have Jesus as your standard, you're like, well, I'm not, I'm definitely not there. Right. So that not good enough feeling kind of just sticks around. Now, the flip side of that was, you know, sometimes when I did do something good for someone or I kept commandments or I did what I felt like Jesus wanted me to do, I'd start pretty quickly feeling better than other people, right? Well, I'm keeping these commandments and these other people aren't, so I'm better, right? And this is what Jesus really got frustrated with and angry with when he came was the scribes and Pharisees that had this mentality that was kind of like, well, you know, I paid my timing in this way or I did this, so I'm better, right? I'm a better person. I didn't take, you know, too many steps on Sunday, so I'm better, right? That kind of mentality, Um, Jesus didn't like that because it was missing the point. Okay. But this happened to me for sure. Right. (laughs) Like growing, growing up in, in the church, there was, um, something called home teaching and, you know, my family, we were committed to that. We did it. Um, there's again, nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing to go and visit people and, and teach them and make sure they're doing okay. That's a great thing. But in my own mind, right. It was kind of like, I did this. And other people didn't, so I was better, right? So it was it was a problem, like a real problem. So, you know, I would do good things for other people. I would keep the rules or, or commandments, right? But at the end of the day, it was kind of to to earn something, to get something out of it. Whether that was to earn my value before God, that was a big part of it, or to earn my salvation, that's important. But also this kind of social credit, like, oh wow, you know, look at Mike. He he does his home teaching. He you know comes to all the meetings. He does all this, right? And getting sort of a um, being looked up to because of that, right? Now Jesus would say, don't do it for that reason because you've earned your reward. Right? In other words, if you're doing it because of that, you already got your reward. You got kind of the social credit for it, and now you're done. You don't get an extra reward for that, but that's kind of where I was at. Okay. So, and not that I'm never there now, I just am not as much there now. (laughs) So again, the, the goal in this kind of mindset is to, you know, make sure you keep the rules yourself and you make sure that everybody else keeps the rules. Right. And here's the, the, the kind of tricky part about this is it's really the mosquito cycle in a way 
right? It's do something nice, but expect something back in return, right? Okay, I'm going to do these good things, but in return, God, you better save me, right? Or you know, in return, somebody better respect me or, you know, whatever. Maybe I'll become a leader in my church or whatever if I do these things. So that's the issue. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not saying everybody that's a member of the church or a member of any church, right, is doing it for those reasons. I'm just saying that was my experience. I think um, maybe other people can relate to it, too. So if that's not the point, if the point is not, okay, here's Jesus, and let me try, 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 try to be like him, what is the point? What is salvation, right? So in John 17, 3, Jesus teaches this. He says, and this is eternal life that you that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So in other words, to, to know somebody, to have a relationship with God and with Jesus. So it's more about a relationship than a checklist of right and wrong. Oh yeah, you did a hundred right things and 50 wrong things. And I guess that's enough. I guess Jesus will cover, you know, the rest of it, right? It's not about that. It's about actually knowing God and Jesus, getting to know who they are and becoming a little more like them. So C.S. Lewis talks about it. The point of Christianity is to become little Christs or little Jesus, right? Like we all have our unique personalities and all of that, but if we can have Jesus be within us and we're operating kind of how he would, you know, that will, he calls it a positive infection, right? That mindset and love and feeling goes out to the world and grows, right? Grows it. So again, this was, in in my opinion, the main point of Jesus' ministry to the scribes and Pharisees. He's like, look guys, it's not the checklist. You know, they're keeping the commandments, quote unquote, they're keeping all the little rules, but they're missing the whole point of the laws, right? And what was the point of the laws? So Mark 12, uh, twelve. I put twenty on the slide here, but that's not right. It's twenty-eight through thirty-one. He says, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength." This is the first commandment, and the second, like it, is this: "You shall love your neighbor as yourself." There is no other commandment greater than these. So that's it, right? Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. We talk a lot about love your neighbor as yourself here, as far as setting boundaries, because you have to respect yourself and her. But look. That's what it's about, right? Those are the the main commandments. It's not these, okay, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. Um, you know, make sure you go to, to church at this time and do these things, right? The point is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So to love someone with all your heart, you want to actually know them, right? You want to know who they are. You can say, oh yeah, you know, I love that person and um, I love that person and you know, you could watch a movie and say, I love that person, but to, to, to love them with all your heart, right. You need to actually know them, right. You want to know them. So here are some things that have helped me to feel like I'm getting to know Jesus better. Okay. This has been a journey for the past, you know, couple of years, probably for me, um, more intense over the past few months or so, but some things that have really helped have been reading books. So one book is called Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge. I definitely recommend it. Um, Just kind of talks about more of the personality of Jesus. Who was this guy, right? 
So beautiful outlaw, meaning he he was like a rebel, right? He was going against the establishment, teaching something different. And to me, it was really this. It was that it's not just about keeping these little rules. It's about, you know, becoming a person who loves, right? Who lives life abundantly, lives a fullness of life. Okay, so Jesus is someone that, that laughed, he loved, he confronted hypocrisy, he wasn't afraid to get in somebody's face about something, right? When he knew it was right. Okay. I mentioned before Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, where yeah, this is his quote. He says, Every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. And outstanding book just talks about how uh yeah, it's a good analogy in there too, where you know, when we start coming to Jesus and saying like, I want to be like you, or I want to see, even I'm still using that phrasing, be like you. It's more of a passive thing than I ever realized, I guess. It's more letting him come in to you and letting him kind of guide and direct you. It's easier than I used to always make it out. There doesn't have to be so much effort involved. So, but C.S. Lewis in his book, he talks about, you know, how, you know, we invite Christ in to kind of reform us, right? To help us become more like little Christ. And he says, like, it's like a house. And at first, maybe he's knocking out a wall here or there. And you kind of understand, you're like, okay, yeah, I know that wasn't quite that good about me. You know, I know that I had this problem with pornography or smoking, and now Jesus helped me overcome that. And that's great. But then, you know, he says, Jesus then starts like, tearing out walls and knocking down beams. And, and then you're like, you start getting uncomfortable. And C.S. Lewis, he says, you know, this is because you thought Jesus was just going to, you know, make a few improvements, but actually he's trying to build you into a mansion. And again, it's, it's Jesus kind of doing the work. Not that you never do any work, right? But it's again just more past. It's not I have to work and I have to strive and I have to I have to do everything to finally earn my salvation. No, your salvation is given to you. Jesus wants to come in and help you, right? That's who he is. That's the kind of guy he is. Another good one, Jesus Journey by Trent Shepherd, which again is just kind of uh, talking about a lot of different things. One of the interesting things he said in there was that a lot of the disciples were probably pretty young. Um, you know, we kind of imagine them in their thirties, but that probably they were younger, maybe even teenagers, some of them. Um, and that kind of just struck me as, you know, Jesus surrounding himself with these people that, you know, needed instruction and needed guidance. And, you know, he was there to provide it for them. Uh, another thing that's been helpful for me is picturing Jesus with me. Like, you know, I'm driving the car pretending like he's there with me, but this always seemed weird to me at first. Um, I didn't like the idea of like having Jesus be inside of me. It sounded weird to me, (laughs) but as I'm starting to kind of allow that more or experience that, that more, um, that's, I think where a lot of the power comes from. So revelations three 20 talks about Jesus coming to the door and knocking and, you know, it's up to us. Will we open that door and let him in and then he'll come in, uh, you know, have dinner with us, basically. It's interesting he says that too, right? Where he'll have dinner with us, where it's, again, just like something you do with a friend. So, again, kind of picturing that, like having Jesus be inside of me or, you know, the Spirit of God um, be inside of me, right? That 
that can just be with me and reforming me and reshaping me. And I can just kind of let that happen instead of trying to make it happen. So how do I feel different now that I'm focusing more on learning about Jesus, uh, knowing him, right? Instead of trying to be like him. Okay. The difference is I'm not trying to earn my salvation now. I feel like Jesus is there. He's offered it to me. I believe in him. And so because of that, you know, I pretty much am there, right? I'm still trying to research that a little bit because like growing up in the church, Jesus Christ, Larry Saints, you learn something pretty different, which is that you have to do very specific ordinances to actually be saved. Um, so I'm kind of trying to figure that out. I'm talking with this guy. I told you this week to uh, kind of work on that or figure that out. Right. But there is a pretty clear scripture in Ephesians in the New Testament where he says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Okay. So that's pretty clear, right? It says, look, you didn't earn this. It's a gift from God. Okay. It's through faith. Yeah, you need to believe in Jesus. That's the necessary requirement. You have to believe that Jesus is the one that can save you and is willing to save you. And you need to start accepting him into your life. Again, I never really understood that concept because it was always about earning it. No, I have to do this. I have to do this. No, it's actually inviting Jesus into your life, letting him be a part of it and be even inside of you, right? And again, so that no one can boast, that's what I was slipping into a lot is, well, look, look at the good things I'm doing. So I'm, you know, look how great I am. I'm better than this other person that's not following these rules, right? So this is what my friend, you know, George mentioned to me too. He said, it's not that you don't do good works so that you can be saved. You don't good, do good works to be saved. You do good works because you are already saved. That didn't make any sense to me the first time he said it, but it's starting to make more sense to me now <laughs> that when Jesus is really inside of you, when you have that spirit with you, you do good works, right? Because that's what makes sense. And so I find myself doing good works, but it just feels different. Okay. It's not like, oh, did I do enough good works to be saved? It's like, no, like I feel Jesus within me and I'm going to go do good, do good works. It feels natural. It feels free. Okay. Um, and so it's kind of a weird feeling when you're used to trying to earn it for so long to just say, no, I actually already have it. Same thing with, with kind of worth, right? With your worth as a person. I think these tie together a lot, right? Where if we can believe I have worth, that I am saved through Jesus already, right? Now I can relax and just focus on blessing and serving the people around me. Right? And I feel more there than I ever have. And it feels great. So I find myself doing good things to serve others. But again, it's not like, okay, yeah, now, now I earned like a blessing point, right? And, um, and so now I'm like one level higher and maybe Jesus doesn't have to atone for as much for me, right? It's not like that. It's like, no, Jesus already did it. And now he's working through me and in me to bless the people around me. Again, it feels just easier. It feels free. It feels natural. It feels like an abundant life. It feels great. 
So um, it reminds me of uh, Moses, right? Moses, people get uh, bit by serpents in the wilderness, right? And he just puts a staff up that has a serpent on it. And he says, hey, just look at this and you'll be healed. A lot of people wouldn't do it, but that's all they had to do was just look. So it just reminds me of that, right? That it's easier than maybe you think it's going, it has to be. So look, am I perfect now? Of course not. But I still make lots of mistakes. Just the other day, right? I was yelling at my kids about, you know, not yelling exactly, but when we start playing sports, I get like overly intense about it. It's not, Jesus is not in me in that moment, <laughs> let's say. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, I apologize to him and invite Christ back into my life. <clears throat> and they could sense, and we had a good rest of the day yesterday. I feel just much more connected to God and other people now. And I just feel like I'm living life more abundantly. You know, that's what Jesus says. He says he came to give us life and to have it more abundantly. Um, I'm experiencing new things. I'm trying new things. I'm just feel good. Just feel like I'm, like I said, like I have God or Jesus in me and that's what's driving me, serving the people around me just feels great. Instead of being like, Oh, did I do enough? Did I do enough? I have to earn it. Right? So in summary, you can't earn your salvation. Okay. Just like you can't earn your worth as a person. It's a gift from God. Both of them are gifts from God. Like you have worth as a person because you're a son of God, right? You can verify that by knowing someone amazing, God himself decided to die for you and suffer for you. That's how much value you have, right? Now all he's asking is for you to let him in, right? And let him shape your life and help you become, you know, who he would like you to be, who uh, become a little Jesus, right? A little Christ. So instead of trying to please this demanding, you know, God or Jesus trying to like reach this bar of perfection, right? Focus on getting to know Jesus, okay? To let him into your life, right? And when you do this, you're going to find that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. At least that's, that's what I'm finding now. It's in Matthew eleven thirty. Jesus teaches that. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So check out some of those books I recommended. Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge. Jesus Journey by Trent Shepard. Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. If you want to kind of go on this journey a little bit of actually knowing the personality of Jesus a little bit more. And then just invite Jesus to be in your life, to be part of your life, to be with you, to change you, to work through you, to bless the people around you. And I think you're going to find it's really pretty amazing. Uh, you don't have to earn their love. You don't have to earn your salvation. It's there, right? You just have to let it in. It's more passive than I ever thought it had to be. And it's pretty amazing. So Jesus, he's a man who epitomizes the strength we're looking for. And he can grant us that strength, right? Again, we don't have to earn it and all this. Like in the strongman system, we we have like levels that we work towards. And what I don't want you to think is that when we do that, when we get to the next level, now I'm worth more. No, you've acquired some new skills that are going to help you navigate in the world better, right? The more skills you have, the more Jesus can work through you to bless people. That's just how it works, right? It's fun to learn more skills, right? It's fun. So that's the point of 
these skills. It's not that, oh yeah, finally when I'm there, now I'm I'm worthwhile. No, you're already worthwhile. It's just learning these skills can help you bless people more, right? And plus, I mean, it just feels more fun to be progressing in life than to not be doing anything, right? I think that's part of living more abundantly, like Jesus says, like there's so much to learn and so much to do in the world. And as we're growing and learning, that's an abundant life. That's a great life. Okay. We don't want to be stagnant. So Jesus, he, like it says, he stands at the door, he knocks, right? This is Christmas time. It's a good time to just invite Jesus into your life, right? Have him be with you and he will be with you. He will guide you if you just open the door and, and let him in. So I would encourage you to do that. I wish you guys a Merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, if uh, I do have a training over at MikeFraserMD.com. Talks a little bit about you know some of these skills we're talking about. And for the new year, we're going to have a, an updated program that I'm looking forward to, to sharing with you. But for now, have a great week. Have a Merry Christmas. All right. Take care, guys. Stay strong. We'll see you next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes. And share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.